Telepod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to this very, very late in the day, very impromptu, special edition of the Empire Podcast dedicated entirely to an investor call. Yes, folks, <laughs> nothing more romantic in movies than letting shareholders know that their money is safe. But luckily, in the midst of doing that yesterday in Disney's great big four-hour update-a-thon, they also unleashed a shit ton of content uh, that will keep us talking about it and then watching it for many, many years to come. So much content to get through. In fact, we decided, uh, A, for personnel availability reasons, we decided to do it as a special, but also because there's so much to get into, uh, we decided not to add it to the regular podcast. Anyway, the we, in this case, being my three colleagues of such lethal cunning, Helen O'Hara. Hello. James Dyer. Hello. Ben Travis. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Who stayed up and kind of, who actually watched this? I, I was checking updates on my phone as yeah. things went, but I didn't watch it. So I was doing that. I was refreshing Twitter constantly. And then I was like, hang on a minute, it's streaming live. What am I doing? So then I switched to the live feed. I, I watched it for, for hours, basically. I got hooked in while I was doing the washing up. Uh, I tuned in because they were starting to, to do the content bit. And then they very quickly got to Star Wars and that was super exciting. Mm. So I stopped doing the washing up. And then they, um, I was like, oh my God, what if it's Marvel next? And then they went straight to Nat Geo. So I did a bit more washing up. Um, and then I went to bed and just thought, well, the Marvel bit's going to be soon. And then uh, there was a bit of a break. And then I was like, the Marvel bit's going to be soon. Mm -hmm. And then Davy Diggs had a really fun song about wanting a puppy for Hanukkah, which was great. Uh, but that wasn't the Marvel panel. So I was there going, I mean, it's going to be the Marvel bit soon. And then it was yeah, the shut Disney up, bit. Diggs, come on. <laughs> With your voice of an angel. And then suddenly it was time to get up in the morning. Like, well, that's the thing. It just kept going, and I was like, I, 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 like, I need sleep. I'm very, very tired today because I stayed up far later than I expected watching an investment call. <laughs> I wonder if they forgot anyone. Do you think there's anyone who's still standing there waiting in the wings, waiting for their show to be announced? Because it felt it felt very Oprah-y and like, you get a Star Wars show, you get a Star Wars show, you get a Star Wars show. But it also felt a little bit like, you know, the Andy Warhol thing. In the future, everyone will have a Star Wars or a Marvel TV show for 15 <laughs> minutes. It felt a little bit like that. I felt a little bit left out, quite frankly, yeah. that mm -hmm. we didn't get a Star Wars or Marvel show. Because quite frankly, we've been fucking pitching for it for the last few years. <laughs> well, I mean, look at it this way, Chris. On, on the way that we work as things stand, we have actually got like 16 more shows lined up for us to do. I know. We've got we've got live action Marvel shows, we've got more Star Wars shows, and we're going to have to spoiler every single one of these bastards. Indeed. I'm going to spoil the shit out of them uh, because they've spoiled the shit out of my social life by doing this. So I'm going to retaliate by spoiling your shows for after those people eyes. who are interested. Yes. And after the fact, of course, yes. <laughs> Always spoil responsibly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be considerate of other people, folks. Uh, anyway, so this is essentially uh, the Disney and Festival spoiler special as well, I guess. Of course. So... <laughs> There's so much to talk about. There is so much to talk about. What's the best way to do this? Is it to go... I mean, for us, I guess, the big stuff is the Star Wars and the Marvel stuff. But yeah. we have we have to also talk about the huge Pixar announcements, mm. the huge Disney animation announcements, the Sister huge... Sister Act 3. Yeah, the huge Disney Plus me? original thing. We, we can't gloss over, of course, the fact that they kind of almost surreptitiously hid an announcement that all uh, movies that will now be produced under the auspices of 20th Century Studios, aka former Fox, and Searchlight Pictures, aka formerly Fox Searchlight, are going to stream rather than going to cinemas. That feels pretty seismic to me um, and regrettable as well, I must say. But there's a lot of stuff to dig into here. Where do you want to start? 
I mean, on that front quickly, I was kind of unsure on the Fox Searchlight thing. It was kind of ambiguous whether they mm. meant we are going to make specific Fox, Fox Searchlight films that will go straight to streaming as well as ones that go to cinema, or whether it was them saying that all of those films will go to, to streaming now. It was kind of like quite confusing yeah. when they were dishing that info out, because I can see that like on a Disney Plus sense, they announced some Disney films that will be straight to Disney Plus, mm -hmm. but they also announced things that will be cinematic releases. And it was hard to tell whether that's still going to be the case for Fox Searchlight or whether it'll just be streaming going forward. I, th I think they're trying to leave a little bit of ambiguity there just because the world is ambiguous yeah. right now and they're probably waiting to see. I hope. Mm. I mean, for me, like kind of two things really stood out from this whole thing. One was that Disney Plus is clearly being put center stage as the core of their business. Whether that's just a public perception thing for investors for this coming year, I do exactly. not know. But I thought that was a very interesting development. Also, they've essentially in one fell swoop turned Disney Plus from a luxury service which has a, an impressive back catalogue for those without an extensive DVD collection and one good show into possibly the most essential streaming service in the world. Not least because of all of these new shows, but also from the fact that we, you know, outside of the US, we've not had Hulu. Hulu has some mm -hmm. of the best shows on television on it, and they tend to get auctioned off to Stars Play or, you know, Amazon or wherever else. They turn up wherever. Now they will all turn up on Star, and everyone who subscribes to Disney Plus gets Star. So Star being, you know, international yeah. Hulu. And that is massive. Yeah, the, the star thing is, is enormous. I mean, they kind of announced that Disney Plus is now the centre of our business thing in the summer. And like yourself, I wonder how much of that is... I didn't believe is... them then, though. Like, right. I felt like, okay. yeah, sure you are because you want people to sign up. But now looking at this, I actually now believe that it is the centre of their business. Yeah, it, it definitely does seem like it is. But yeah, 52 announcements, I think, overall. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I'm happy about the star thing because Hulu stuff kind of falls through the cracks here. Like some mm. bits get picked up, some bits don't. Like I've been really, really looking forward to Love Victor, the Love Simon spin-off show, and just like it just didn't come out here, and yep. it's been in the states for ages. So having like a more natural home for those things will definitely be welcome. And it means that Disney, I mean Disney Plus right now, much as I love it, is heavy on kids stuff. And you know I am absolutely here for High School Musical, the musical, the show. But, you know, it's it's a little bit younger, probably, mm. in its aims than I am. Uh, and, you know, I, I've made my peace with that and that's fine. But this means that there is actually going to be more growing up content on there. It's not just going to be the right um, stuff on that Geo. You sure about that, Helen? This all feels very kid stuff to me. Um, uh, on Stars, I've moved I mean, on. Or Star yeah. Plus or whatever it's called. Yeah, Star Plus. Yeah. Star Plus has swearing and boobs. I'm Ooh. all for it. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> let's start uh, speaking of swearing and boobs. Let's start with the uh, the Marvel lineup, shall we? <laughs> swearing and boobs, really? Swearing and boobs. Okay. Yeah, because when they started announcing things, I started swearing very loudly and then may have flashed my boobs because it was so good. <laughs> wow. We all did okay. it. We all did it. We all did it. Swearing and boobs, of course, is the nickname for Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier. Hey. <laughs> He's swearing. He has boobs. Those two gentlemen in, in, in question, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, do not have boobs. Do not have man boobs. Yes. No, 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 not. not at all. Not at all. No moobs have come within five feet of those gentlemen. My word, specimens. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So Kevin Feige took to the virtual stage. I don't know where he was, presumably in his kitchen. Um, I don't know, with a green screen. Who knows? 
Uh, maybe that was his kitchen. His I home assume green he's screen mega rich. Studio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has his own. Like Dick Van Dyke. Like if Dick Van Dyke has a green screen at his home, so maybe so does Kevin Feige. Mm. Maybe that's where they've been shooting Shang Chi during lockdown. Who knows? Anyway, so they announced. Well, it's interesting what they announced yesterday at the MCU thing. We mm. spent a fair chunk of time on the regular podcast talking about all the Spider-Man three slash not Spider-Man 3 rumours. Mm. And then uh, ooh, maybe this will be confirmed at the investor call. And then, of course, it was never going to be because that's a Sony property. Sony, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, but they, conf- they, can- they announced so much stuff yesterday. Uh, and let's just go through it. I'll, I'll outline what it is really, really quickly, and then mm. you can pick out the stuff you really want to talk about. Okay. So they announced a new TV show, a new Disney's Plus limited series called Ironheart, which will introduce Riri mm. Williams, who is um, one of the people who kind of inherits but or, or takes on Tony Stark's mantle. Mm. That was out of nowhere. There was no rumor about that whatsoever. Yeah. Ditto. Armor Wars, which is a mm. series that's going to focus on Don Cheadle's Rhodey, aka War Machine. And that's going to be about what happens when Tony Stark's worst fear is realized. I, I don't know exactly what that is. I think it's that um, bad people get the Iron Man armor. It's like a super terrorists with Iron Man armor and War Machine having to take them down. So in the in the comics, it was obviously Tony who went and took them all down and and got in trouble because some of the operatives who had his technology were government operatives. And actually, in one case, he falsely accused somebody of using his technology yeah. uh, who was a government operative and got in trouble for that as well. But it was basically him going all around the world and fighting both supervillains, enemy agents, and US government agents who were mm-hmm. using elements of his Iron Man armor for their own purposes and basically using his negator on them to take down the tech. Thank you both for taking my question literally. I meant I meant what his worst fear was and I presumed it was something like like disco or something. But uh, you know <laughs> No, we know he likes Eiffel sixty five. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Or waffles with gluten in them. You know, I thought that might have been Tony Stark's worst fear. Uh, but <laughs> it is of course his technology falling at the wrong hands. So that's exciting. Uh, they talked about Eternals a little bit, but there's nothing really new there to mm. talk about. We saw the first trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm. Uh, mm. which looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. They confirmed that Shang-Chi has just finished shooting and they confirmed the main cast. Uh, we saw a second trailer for WandaVision, which wasn't that different from the first, but gave us a little bit of, of new stuff. We saw Tiana Paris speak for the first time. We saw Catherine Hahn speak for the first time. Mm. They confirmed that Ant-Man 3 is actually going to be officially called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Sonny Birch-Arama. And I'm excited <laughs> no. about that. I'm here no, for I, that. No. no. I don't think that's okay. it. They confirmed that it's going to be called Quantum Mania, which is fine with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as my favourite Marvel Studios <laughs> title. It has to be said. I love that. They also confirmed that Jonathan Majors is going to be playing Kang the Conqueror, which is potentially huge as well. Uh, they confirmed... That there is a Fantastic Four movie in the works and that it will be directed by John Watts once, presumably, he finishes his work on Spider-Man 3, unless he's Spielberg levels of multitasking. They showed the first trailer for Loki, which looks really fun. Doesn't it? Yeah, so fun. Wild. Wild, I have no idea what's going on and I'm so happy about that. I, yeah. Is this Mission Impossible? It's really hard to pin down, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Mission Impossible with a bell end at the centre instead of Ethan Hunt. <laughs> yeah, it does look like he gets he gets coerced or pressured into yeah. doing a thing. Christ knows what it is. By yes. Owen Wilson, of all I mean, people. I'm so glad to see him back on screen. I feel like we don't see him enough anymore, and it's so good when he's back. 
and 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 really displaying his range as well by 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 doing something that was completely and utterly un Owen Wilsonly. Oh no no, it was exactly like Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Oh, I love it. It's tremendous. I feel like it was a bit of a different shade of Owen Wilson. He wasn't being mm, like hair. schlubby loser guy. Like it was the hair. It was the like that he was wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that was it. But I I he was some. I wasn't excited to watch the Loki show because of Owen Wilson. But now I'm like I really like their interplay i'm really excited to see what that character mm-hmm. like brings to the show and um, what and to find out more importantly what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah. uh, they also confirmed that uh after, after so much faffing around, some of the faffing around with some of these confirmations is just ridiculous they've only now just confirmed that sam raimi is back to bring his godlike powers to Doctor Strange in the <laughs> yes. multiverse of madness but i think the thing that really snuck through in that announcement did anyone else notice this america chavez Yes. is in that movie. Mm. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, they talked a little bit more about what if it's going to be, including the fact that it will contain Chadwick Boseman's, well, I presume his last ever performance, uh, and certainly his last ever performance as T'Challa in What If. They confirmed further Hawkeye, and they know, we now know that um, Hayley Steinfeld is going to be playing Kate Bishop in that, that Fiera Farmiga is going to be in it. No, no talk of Florence Pugh, although she has been heavily rumoured, but she was not confirmed in that show yesterday. They confirmed the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which <laughs> is something that James Gunn has apparently been badgering Kevin Feige to do for years, because uh, he's a huge fan of the original and Star you know Wars what, holiday special. You know what changed it? I'll tell you what, it was our conversation on the podcast which they haven't even heard yet about about whether or not you know what kind of movie universes we wanted to have a Christmas movie. Yes, it's, they heard us, Chris. They heard us. They heard us. Oh my God, has Vicky bugged my house oh again? My uh, they also confirmed there's going to be a series of small, short animated movies um, called "I Am Groot," following the adventures of of uh, Baby Groot, I think. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. They confirmed that Christian Bale is going to be the bad guy in that movie, and he's going to be playing Gore, the God Butcher. Yes, Gore. that's Gore, huge. Blimey. Prime the God Bomb, people. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my Skype name. <laughs> They also confirmed that uh, Black Widow is going to be playing in cinemas when it opens in May. Thank Damn the maker. Right. They also confirmed that uh, we're nowhere further along with the Mahershala Ali starring this Blade movie, but it is now officially on their little slate thing here. Uh, they confirmed that Miss Marvel is Yay. filming right now, the Miss Marvel limited edition series for, for Disney+. And... They confirmed that Aman Falani, who plays Miss Marvel, will also show up in the sequel to Captain Marvel, which at the moment is called Captain Marvel 2. I would be astonished if that stayed the same, uh, given all the lurid, florid mm. names around it. Uh, and that Tiona Paris is going to be in that as well as mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau. They confirmed that Moonlight is in the works, although they didn't confirm Oscar Isaac for that. They confirmed after weeks of faffing around that Tatiana Maslany is going to play She-Hulk, and that is shooting very, very soon. And would also re- see the return of Tim Roth as the Abomination. <laughs> what? From like, the sure. Incredible Hulk. By okay. popular demand. <laughs> by, po- by popular demand. He's back. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Loves a bit of broth. And he's, he's back. He's back, 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 and Mark Ruffalo will also appear on that show as ooh, ooh. Bruce Banner, maybe even Smart Hulk. Who knows? They kind of teased in there as well. They were like, you never know who's going to show up, and she may come across other lawyers in the show. <gasps> wink, wink, wink. Nate which was an interesting... Golly. Mm-hmm. Justice for Cox! It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, They can show Cox on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. They can on Star+. Plus. That's true. Yeah, yeah they can. <laughs> 
Cox aplenty uh, on, on Star Plus. Uh, wow. Because the rumor is that Charlie Cox is going to be in Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil, Indeed. which mm. would make me very happy. I have a heavy amount of skepticism about, about that. Like, I'd love it to happen. I think he's great. I just don't quite know how those tones match because um, the Netflix stuff, as much as the, they launched it as like, oh, it's kind of MCU adjacent. Mm. Um, it, it, it feels very separate to me, but um, it, that did feel like a nod towards it. But if you feel if you, if you think about his scenes with Foggy, then actually those are quite Spider-Man friendly. You know, he has that capacity, so I think it could work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him and She-Hulk for sure. Yeah. Um, makes sense. It's worked in the comics for years where you get Spider-Man and Daredevil, you know, teaming up, and it doesn't matter their their comics are wildly different in tone. Uh, three really quick last things to talk about. Then we can single out what we want to talk about. So they confirmed the Nick Fury TV show is going to be called Secret Invasion which is very interesting. That's definitely one I want to come mm. back to. I will also yes. star Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, the Skrull, and is inspired by a very, very popular crossover mm. arc in the comics from a few years ago. In which the Skrulls are the villains, though. So this is going to be an interesting one. We we will come back to this in a second, folks. And uh, Black Panther 2 is is going to happen. They confirmed that as well, uh, that Ryan Coogler is going to write and direct it. And... They confirmed once and for all, and I think this is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. that they're not going to recast mm. Chadwick Boseman. They're not going to bring in someone else to to fill his shoes in any way, shape, or form. It's not gonna be, there's going to be no CG. The movie will be about honouring his legacy and shining a light on the wider world of Wakanda. And I think that is the right thing to do. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I agree completely. I'm looking at the little grid of uh, logos that mm. was released last night and in the bottom right hand corner there's a question mark now that question mark could be any number of things could be the Riddler it could be the first ever crossover between DC <laughs> and the MCU you never know uh, it could be their way of denoting or acknowledging the Spider-Man movie that's in production right now could be mm. it could also be their way of saying oh there's something else coming that is big and we haven't announced it yet I think it's Deadpool 3 Deadpool is the character who would put a question mark in that space I think that's what it is okay or it could be I mean, well, it could be anything, let's be honest. I was going to say it could be X-Men, but that's like, it's such a cliched response to any Marvel announcement that I, I, <laughs> even as I thought it, I was God, like, I can't possibly X-Men. say that. Please let it be X-Men. Unless it's a specific X person. X person, If that's their yeah. way in, and they, but they don't want to reveal which one yet they're leading with. Isn't Tony Stark technically an X person? Oh, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh, well, okay. Well, just find the level. The cheeseburgers are still warm, Chris. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, right. So we have a lot to talk about, a lot to dig into. We haven't even gone into Star Wars yet. So what do you specifically want to talk about from that little lot? I want to very briefly mention something uh, that's not a huge deal, but I think is really neat, which is that Catherine Newton is going to play Cassie Lang in Ant-Man 3. Mm. People here haven't had a chance to see Freaky yet, but she's so good in Freaky. I think she'll be like a really fun addition to the MCU. So I thought that was a very nice little addition uh, among all the mega clanging news. I thought also the the kind of the it wasn't quite buried, but the fact that America Chavez, who is uh, another great character, was my favorite character when I played Marvel Puzzle Quest, as a matter of fact, and uh, you know she was a very very powerful character, uh, and she's going to be in Doctor Strange too, and they they announced the rest of the cast is going to be you know Benedict Cumberbatch and Chiwetel Ejiofor and Rachel McAdams is back and Benedict Wong is back, but they also mentioned that uh, Societal Gomez, and I apologize for the mangling of your name there, Societal, and I'm sure you're listening. She's going to be in it. I don't know how she's going to fit in, where she's going to fit in, and of course Elizabeth Olsen's in that movie as well. And Sam Raimi. <laughs> Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi! 
very excited. Jimbo, you wanted to talk about Secret Invasion. Yeah, Secret Invasion interests me because when they revealed Talos and the Skrulls to be not the villains of Captain Marvel, it kind of upended everything we thought we knew about mm. the Skrulls and the whole of Secret Invasion. Because we talked, you know, in the run up to Endgame, like, would they bring in the Skrulls? Would it involve Secret Invasion if it's time? You know, is it going to be that they've been infiltrating the MCU all along and you're a Skrull, you're a Skrull, everyone's a Skrull? And then they turned it on its head. Actually, the Skrulls are really nice and cuddly, and Ben Mendelsohn's hilarious. Hooray! Yet, Secret Invasion, you know, is it going to be a splinter group of bad scrolls? Is it going to be a different thing? You know, what's that going to be? I'm 100% here for any TV series that has uh, Nick Fury and Talos in it. Mm. But uh, I'm very curious to see how this pans out. And they yeah. set it up neatly in Far From Home as well, didn't they? When you think you've been watching mm. Nick Fury that whole yes. time and actually yeah. it was yes. Talos. And obviously Nick Fury himself is in space somewhere. Yeah. So that feels Having like a, a nice tee to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested that they're doing that on Disney Plus though, because it felt like that was going to be a potential big, yeah. a potential yeah. plot arc for yeah. for phase four and beyond whatever's post-Infinity Saga. So it's interesting that it seems to be a more contained thing on Disney Plus instead of a an ongoing multi movie arc. We don't know how much these are tied into the movies. So we mm. don't actually know that. You know, we we're, we are led to believe that Florence Pugh, for example, is going to be crossing from the movie to TV and presumably back again. There's no reason that a secret invasion storyline might not cross back into the movies with Captain Marvel 2, for example, maybe. Yeah. It's really fascinating to me actually seeing how they've gone about deciding what goes where. Mm. You know what I mean? So it still feels a bit strange to me that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be a Disney Plus limited series. And as much as I enjoyed the first two movies, that Ant-Man 3 is going to be a film. <laughs> because that feels like that's the one that would probably yeah. have suited the small screen uh, maybe a bit more. But maybe it's about the size of the story they're trying to tell. So maybe mm. the story that they're trying to tell on Loki and Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision fits three hours, four hours, five hours, however long these things are going to be, uh, instead of 105 minutes or whatever it is. It's fascinating. But maybe Secret Invasion, maybe they're right. Maybe they're trying to just remove the lines that we normally have that, you know, the sort of stigma that still exists when people think about film and TV. And maybe they're trying to remove that by starting a huge storyline that might pertain more to Phase 5, possibly, in Secret Invasion right here and placing Nick Fury right at the centre of it. Possible. I mean, I think in terms of the Ant-Man thing, it would make sense to me if if Quantumania... The thing about... The, the thing about Endgame is it opened the quantum realm up in interesting ways to time travel, most obviously, but just time and space travel, right? And if we have Doctor Strange opening multiverses and we have Ant-Man opening all of time and space through the quantum realm and then fighting Kang, who of course also has time mm-hmm. travel do diamond hickeys, you know, <laughs> you're kind of... You're kind of opening a lot of doors and maybe that's why those have to be big screen. And that's why things like WandaVision will tie into that and feed Mm. into that. But Mm. things like Ant-Man belong on the big screen, maybe. Maybe. It's basically what you just said. I, I really liked the um, little bit of footage we saw of of, Cap- of Ms. Marvel. It already mm. looks great. Like, Iman Vellali looks great in it. And I didn't know, was it confirmed before that um, Adil and Bilal, the directors of Bad Boys for Life, are, are directing episodes of that show? I, I can't remember if that confirmed. was... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited for that series. I love those comics so much, mm-hmm. and especially with Spider-Man three seeming to go bigger and bigger in its Spider Verse, and there's all these villains coming back. When the thing I really loved about Homecoming was the neighborhoodiness of it, the the, mm-hmm. the small scale of it. I'm I'm hoping that Ms. Marvel can kind of fill that void because that those comics definitely do that. That it's Jersey City, it's her very local yeah. neighborhood that it's set in. 
And I'm I'm really hyped that they are doing Ironheart. I think that's that's fascinating that she's coming in um, as she is. So Riri Williams is a kind of she's an engineering prodigy in her own right, um, but she is kind of mentored by Tony in the comics. And of course, without Tony, it'll be interesting to see do they pair her with a similar figure or just have her completely go off on her own. But that's just a major major step forward again in in making this universe, you know, less white and less male. I mean, there are practically no leads called Chris hmm. um, this time around, you know, and no offense, Chris. Well, obviously you're, you're upset, but you know, it's, it's a real, it's a genuine opening up of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that's a great, great thing to see. I think there's still time for people to change their names to Chris. Well, I mean, let's. Hope, I, I think Dominique Thorne sounds quite nice, but maybe she she'd be open to being called Chris yeah. Thorne. Chris Thorne. If that would make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Chris Cheadle. Chris Cumberbatch. <laughs> Chris L. Jackson. Yes. The the big thing for me that I, I took away from that, and I, I'm excited about lots of things. I'm excited about Christian Bell playing a, a, a someone called a God Butcher. That's that's exciting <laughs> to me. Uh, we, we haven't really talked that much about the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. It looked fine. It looked decent, you know, but it didn't look like it was changing the game in any significant way. Whereas Loki and I think WandaVision look really batshit weird in, mm. a, in a way that I think might might be really surprising to people. Um, maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier needs to be more familiar to people, mm. maybe just to, you know, ground them in that way. Ease them in, yeah. Yeah. But the thing I the thing I really took away from the the announcements, uh, the Fantastic Four movie mm. was huge for me, and the fact that they've gone with John Watts mm. is a huge vote of confidence for him uh, for the work he's done on Spider Man. He did an extraordinary job, I think, with Spider Man getting that tone right, just getting that that heart in place, and I think that's exactly what the Fantastic yeah. Four needs. It needs to have mm. that heart and that centeredness on the relationship between those characters before you get into anything cosmic, before you get into them getting their powers or exploiting their powers or becoming international figures or anything else, you need to have the right people in the right relationships in those roles. And uh, and I think he is a good shot to do that. Yeah, his Spider-Man films, they're just immensely likeable. They're mm. just like super, super charming. And uh, I think a lot of the Fantastic Four were, especially the last Fantastic Four movie we got, was just missing any sort of charm or, or like lovableness <laughs> among its many, many flaws. It just, yeah, wasn't a charming film. Let's move on then to the Lucasfilm slate, because that's what it was. It was the Lucasfilm part of the presentation, because it's not all about Star Wars, folks, although a significant part of it is about Star Wars. So just to go through the Lucasfilm slate. uh, So they have Children of Blood and Bone, which Mm. uh, I'm sure Helen and Jimbo have read. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's a fantastic, fantastic fantasy novel. It's sort of uh, set in kind of West Africa and just like nothing you've ever read before. Really, really worth a read. Fantastic. All right. I should have put that on my list. We have Star Wars Visions, which is a series of animated shorts, I believe, mm. uh, from uh, anime shorts. Yeah, it am, sounds am very right Animatrix that? to me. It's yeah. meant to be, you know, a very, we were told something about a, a div- diverse vision of the Star Wars universe. So I think it's going to be kind of, I think it's kind of Star Wars's version of what if, but I guess we'll find out. But um, I'm intrigued. Interesting to see what they come up with. Very much so. We have a show called The Mandalorian. I don't know much about that. Mm. Um, but of course, that seems to be getting two spin-offs yeah. from The Mandalorian. So we have Ahsoka, in which Rosario Dawson will play Ahsoka Tano. Um, and yes, that episode that she was in was a backdoor pilot. So, <laughs> yep. And then we have something called Rangers of the New Republic, uh, which has really infuriated Celtic fans. 
but <laughs> uh, presumably it's not about a football team. Uh, presumably it is instead about a group of Law New people? Republic like space cops, space cops, Star Wars yeah. colon space cops. Yeah, maybe that's where Cobb Vanth will show up. Who knows? Maybe he will be a, a ranger of the New Republic. Maybe this is where Cara Dune uh, will turn up as well. Who the F knows? Hopefully the people making the shows do. Uh, we have another TV show. We have Lando, which is going to see Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian again. And why the hell not? Did they confirm D- Donald Glover? I mean, I'm assuming, but... We, well, I think this is the assumption. Is that I don't okay. think they confirmed it, but yeah. Okay. It's, okay. it's, it's almost certainly going to be him. All right. Uh, I misspoke. But uh, it's almost certainly going to be Donald Almost Glover. certainly, yeah. Yes, we have A Droid Story, which is another animated show. We mm. have Andor, about the most indecisive character in Star Wars. Uh, played by Diego Luna. <laughs> and that's Terrible been shooting pun. for a while here in mm. London under the auspices of Tony Gilroy. Uh, we have The Bad Batch, which is another animated Star Wars show. We have Leslie Headland's show has been called The Acolyte. Mm. Yeah. It's the end of the High Republic and the rise of the Empire, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a it's set in the era of the High Republic, so it's about uh, three hundred to one hundred years before the Battle of Yavin, which is how they okay. measure the dates in the Star Wars canon. Yes. You're welcome, Yavin. Uh, and I guess the two big, 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 big announcements from the Star Wars uh, part of the panel was that first one for the Obi Wan Kenobi limited edition series, which is going to mm-hmm. be on. Disney Plus, I keep saying limited edition series, I'll just say limited series, uh, is going to see the return of Hayden Christensen mm-hmm. as Darth Vader. Which makes no sense at all. But I'm happy for him. Unless, unless, unless Hayden Christensen's new career is as a stuntman and he's just going to be wearing the costume. I mean, Pedro Pascal, you know? True. Like there's precedent for a, an actor True. being in a a good actor being in a Star Wars there is, series, but it and wouldn't not even be his, his voice. <laughs> so no, it's like he's literally just doing motion capture at this point. That's all right. We just paid a fulsome tribute to Dave Prowse last week because he That's filled true. Darth Vader's armor. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's all about body language and physicality. So I think this could work. Uh, but it's really what what was boggling in my mind is how this is going to fit in because Kathleen Kennedy said it's going to be the rematch of the century. Mm. How are these characters going to face off yeah. again? I don't know. It's it's meant to be set about halfway through the 20 years between um, the prequels and the original trilogy. So you would have thought he was just busy hermiting at that point, uh, Obi-Wan, but I, I guess not. And coming up with, obviously he must have laboured over his alias. So that probably <laughs> took him a few years. Um, what if I called uh, myself Ben? No one yeah. suspects a Ben. No. Solid name. It's a good choice. I've been in disguise for 29 years. No one's worked out yet. <laughs> Obi-Wan Travis. <laughs> yeah. In Damn disguise. No. Obi-Wan. That's me. a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. <laughs> Uh, see, I don't know how this is going to work because, you know, although they don't do dates, do they? Whenever, you know, whenever Darth says, when last we met, I was a learner, you were the master and I was, whatever that line is in Star Wars, he doesn't (laughs) specifically say, when we last we met, which was 15 years ago, if I remember (laughs) rightly. Yes. When I left you, I was but the learner. I, of course, refer to the reunion battle that we had on (laughs) Tatooine not long ago. Maybe they'll just keep missing each other. Maybe it'll be one of those kind of missed connections sort of shows, you know. Darth Vader will keep sending oh, people after him. he was here five minutes and, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will. I don't know what that show is going to be. No, I, I do not Neither know. Do and that's, that's exciting. But I know that uh, Ewan is back and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Mm. And the big 
of this, I mean, they, they talked about the fact that Taika is going to write and direct Taika, as if we know him. Taika Waititi is going to write and direct a Star Wars movie. Interesting enough, that had been rumoured to have Christy Wilson Cairns co-writing it with Taika. I don't think she was mentioned. Mm. Doesn't mean she's off the project. Uh, and I'm sure there's other stuff going on that hasn't been announced yet. But the big movie news that was confirmed was that Patty Jenkins is going to direct a film called Rogue Squadron. And that was uh, announced with a lovely video featuring Patty Jenkins in which she talked about her lifelong desire to make a the ultimate fighter pilot movie because her dad was a fighter pilot. And when he died, her resolve to do so was 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 doubled, essentially. Mm. Uh, but uh, she couldn't really ever make it happen. But now she's going to get a chance. And she was on rollerblades and then she was changing into a... Um, a, a X-Wing fighter pilot's costume and then she, she walked off towards an X-Wing. And it was a lovely, lovely video. Mm. And, you know, I know a lot of people mm. on Twitter were really moved by it as mm. well. Yeah, what do we think mate, about this? That, that oh. video made me feel so emotional. And mm. even just the announcement, like, uh, it made my heart sing when they, when they said her name. Um, as, as somebody who may or may not have seen Wonder Woman 1984 and may or may not have really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984 and may or may not have particularly really liked just the wholesome sincerity and positivity and the whole ethos that she brings to those projects theoretically. The the prospect of that being brought to a Star Wars film makes me so happy. Mm. And I think I said on one of the Mando pods the other week that I'm loving Mando every week, but I am aching for a big screen Christmas Star Wars and even if it's years away, 2023, yeah. the prospect that we now have a solid, like, cinematic Star Wars film on the schedule with Patty Jenkins, and it's going to be like a pipe, like Top Gun, but Star Wars. Yeah, Top like, Gun. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Well, she said all the right things <laughs> when she was saying, "I wanted to the make right the stuff. greatest yeah. starfighter thing, and uh, like, like the greatest fighter plane film." And you're just thinking, "Well, that's." Where Star Wars came from, like that, mm. those were Lucas's touchstones, like Tora, 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 like Dam Busters, like yeah. the whole of like those Top space Gun, battles. Iron Eagle. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's at the heart of it, and if she can pull that off, then that film will be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also nice that, given it's not so long ago that Kathleen Kennedy was claiming that there were no women who were fit to or wanted to make Star Wars movies, that it had been difficult to find female directors. It's really, really good to see Deborah Chow directing, Leslie Headland. And um, Patty Jenkins all kind of getting these roles, uh, so it's 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 a step in the right direction in terms of you know my perennial complaint about science fiction being unnecessarily sexist. Um, I, I'm glad to see that we're trying to move beyond that. Mm -hmm. Of course, the unexpected next TV series, Space Flues, is that they announced will not be one of your favourites. <laughs> Obviously, I'll be running that one. Yeah. Mm. Now, of course, uh, these days, live action Star Wars directors have the life expectancy of a Spinal Tap drummer, so. <laughs> You know, that's just waiting to see what happens with this one. <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully Patty Jenkins will make it to the finishing line. I do wonder what this means for uh, a sequel to Wonder Woman. You know, Patty said she had an idea for that. I don't know if kind of Corona has derailed that now that it's going to HBO Max on the same day. If that affects mm -hmm. the chances of there being a Wonder Woman three, if you if you like. Um, so I, there is a big question mark there. But um, you know, I'm I'm still just I'm basically just thrilled to see her making big big crazy movies. Yeah. And if John Watts can go straight from Spider-Man 3 into Fantastic Four, then sure. there's no reason why Patty Jenkins can't go from Rogue Squadron straight into Wonder yeah. Woman 3 or, or vice versa. Oh, big screen version of vice versa. Oh my God, now you're talking. <laughs> uh, two more things from the Lucasfilm uh, presentation. So the 
limited series of Willow has been Woo-hoo! confirmed with Warwick Davis back as Willow and John M. Chu directing the pilot. Woohoo! Helen's excited Look, about that. I'm the excited, rest of us all right? Are. I'm going to be excited for, for all of us. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You're mad Mardigan for it. I, I like am. it. I love him. I can't believe I actually knew that name. <laughs> and also confirmed is Indiana Jones 4? Five? five? They've called it well, five. It would, it would have to be the fourth one because I've only been three. So. This is true. Yeah. This yeah. is true. Yeah. But they did talk about the fifth Indiana Jones movie in the presentation, which baffled How me a weird. little bit. Maybe it's yeah. a Fibonacci just... sequence, you know, one, two, three, five. <laughs> yeah. One, one, two, yeah. three, five. Maybe Indy only deals in prime numbers. Anyway, uh, Indiana Jones 5 has been confirmed for 2022 and James Mangold is going to write and direct that and Harrison Ford is going to star in it at the ripe old age of 107. But it's okay. He is drunk from the Holy Grail. So he is spry. He is near immortal. It he should chose be. chose wisely. Yes, he did. Uh, have Lucasfilm chosen wisely by making this movie? What do we think? I mean, they, they something that they said, which I think we kind of assumed, but it was nice to hear them say it was fifth and final Indiana Jones film. So if there had been a fourth one that was colossally underwhelming, it feels like they're just trying to go out on a high with this thing. Um, I think it was interesting as well. They officially confirmed James Mangold, which mm. I, there's still part of me that just feels weird about Spielberg not... Yeah directing Indiana Jones but Mangold's a great director he he has quite a classical style that could work nicely for it I wonder if it's the end really like if even if it's the end for Indiana Jones I worry that they'll be tempted to introduce an other person who can somehow continue similar adventures forward that's um yeah, I don't know. You know, and it could be done brilliantly. It could be a sort of a Logan, you know, take on Indiana Jones with an incredible character like um like she was, but I I don't I I have some slight concerns. I know, but I think they tried that with Mutt in, in the the last one that yeah. uh, no got to acknowledge the last one exists. Oh no, I'm <laughs> melting. And it didn't work. So I don't know that they'll go down that route. I think they'll make this the final one, leave it for a few years, and then cast some young hunky fella to play uh, Indy. And we'll all be angry about it for five minutes, and then we'll go, every day's Christmas Eve, give it a chance, <laughs> and then the first trailer will come out and we'll go, yeah, it looks all right. And then we'll we'll all be on board. Yeah. But that's the that's the Lucasfilm slate. And mm. yeah, I'm excited about a lot of stuff there. I think the Marvel slate for me is more exciting, but... Because people are talking about oversaturation, right? And we have been for years, and I think we're okay. Here's the thing. I don't think you have to see every one of these Star Wars shows to keep up and know what's what. I do feel you may have to see every single one of the Marvel shows in order to have a handle on everything. But that's okay. It's it's fine for us. We're, We're totally on board. But I do wonder whether this is going to be off putting somewhat to the casuals. Who knows? I mean, the fact that it's 10 series is, it's it's a lot. And when you see it, when they announce it like this, it's like, whoa, that's a mm. lot of Star Wars. But I think the way that they're doing it, or the way they're going to do it, that this is years worth of planning ahead. Yeah. These shows are going to arrive in dribs and drabs, probably months apart. And and we will feel like we're being relatively drip fed them yeah. rather than being drowned in, in Star Wars content. And I think it helps as well that they're very, seemed like quite disparate projects. Obviously there are two that are concurrent with the Mandalorian, which is the Ahsoka series and the, and the Rangers series, mm-hmm. but things like the Acolyte is like completely unexplored era of Star Wars. They're only about to kick off the High Republic in, in some new books that are coming out. The Lando series is obviously going to be kind of original trilogy or, or sort of pre original trilogy around Solo. So I, I think the way that they're approaching it, that they're, they're pin- pointing different eras so even though it's all star wars it's not all gonna feel like the same Homework. thing 
Yeah. Mm. Okay. And also, yeah. I mean, yeah, and Ben's right. I mean, this is, we're literally talking sort of roughly three Marvel shows a year of maybe 12 episodes each, and most of them probably eight or 10. So that, that's not a huge I'm saying six commitment. for Marvel. I well, think I think Marvel I think the sweet spot for Marvel is six. Certainly I think that's that's what uh WandaVision is and that's what Falcon and Winter Soldier is gonna mm. be. Uh and I'm glad. And also the thing that you know, the thing that the I love about the Mandalorian is that they never pad out the episodes. The episodes yeah. are as exactly as long as they need to be. You know, you don't have that Netflix bloat of everything has to be forty five minutes to fifty five minutes, which really dragged down the Netflix Marvel shows. That's that's not always the case. That isn't always the case. Like, I remember the OA, like one of the episodes from the first series, all about an hour long one is 20-something minutes. Like It was as long as it needed to be. I think the bigger problem with the Marvel shows on Netflix was the number of episodes rather than the episode lengths. But it wasn't... Banding them to 13 was not. But the point is, the OA is the OA, but the Netflix Marvel shows were all behemoths. Every mm. episode was behemoth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were, like, there were too many. Ep- they should have been six episodes yeah. each, not yeah. 13. It was so yeah. ponderous as well. Uh, yeah. But going back to the Star Wars thing, if... Every single one of these shows, well, not even if every single one, but if, if if most of these shows are as good as The Mandalorian, then I'm happy. Yeah. Same thing with the Marvel stuff. If you know, if they continue the the run of quality that they they've they've got, and if they have someone who is keeping an eye on the timelines, especially now they're introducing time travel, especially now they're using introducing multiverses and making sure that the whole thing makes some semblance of sense. Making sure there's no more references to eight years later, like in that Spider-Man movie. Oh God, I'm still scarred. Clear out your desk, Carl. You fucked up. (laughs) Let's uh, move on to Pixar. And there were a couple of Pixar things that were announced. The big one... And this has caused quite a stir. Not all of it good, I have to say, uh, is Lightyear. Yeah. So this is the story of the astronaut who inspired Buzz Lightyear. This is not Buzz Lightyear, um, which is apparently, you know, was kind of Chris Evans, um, for it is he voicing the character, uh, his kind of condition of doing the job, because he was like, no, I can't be Buzz Lightyear, that's Tim Allen. And then they explained, no, we're talking a guy who inspired the creation of Buzz Lightyear. I don't know quite what that means because Toy Story is is sort of set in the real world. So I feel like it should be a Mercury astronaut type rather than a spaceman who meets aliens and goes to distant planets. So I'm intrigued to see how real they keep this in order to kind Mm -hmm. of maintain that conceit. But I'm kind of trusting Evans's taste because he's got quite good taste, I think. And I'm hoping that he knows what he's signed up for. Yeah, I think it's cool. I had a catch up with my friend who is a Toy Story scholar. We were very confused about this because, um, yeah, it is. They described it as big, mad sci fi. It's like the most sci fi thing we've ever done, which mm. speaks to potential, yeah, interstellar travel, yeah. not just, I don't know, going to the moon, which everyone's been to the moon these days. So it, it seems like it's going there, which would mean that Toy Story is set in a world where interstellar travel exists. And mm. that is insane. Maybe we'll finally get to see the pizza planet. <gasps> Take me there. I want to go to there. That would be exciting. Yeah, I, I'm I'm torn about this. A lot of people have been very, very excited about this. Some people are very, very skeptical. I would have thought that lots of people would have embraced the potential opportunity of a Chris Evans buzz toy, but but apparently not. Oh, Chris. Oh, no. Oh, God. That's oh, just made me turn oh, red. And speaking of turning oh, red. No. <laughs> I'm really not convinced by this one. 
But go ahead, Ben. Oh, no, I'm so excited about Turning Red. This is by Dome Shi, who did that incredible short, Bow. Mm. Um, and she's got a feature film, an original feature coming at, at Pixar, which just sounds adorable to me. It's um, another culturally specific but universally relatable coming-of-age story. And this one is about a teenage girl who, when she feels overwhelmed, turns into a giant fluffy red panda. And they showed like a bit of imagery of this. It looks super cute. It looks lovely. I love like slightly mad Pixar stuff bow was great if you described bow what great, bow yeah. was to people you'd be like that sounds weird and mm. you describe this to people and they go that sounds weird and i'm like yeah it's gonna be good yeah i just my only concern is uh first of all i don't love animated movies where people turn into animals and it's a real uh, trope for heroes of color in animated movies and i feel like we should maybe move away from that and i have concerns about films where girls go through puberty because it has been done so badly, so many times, and there are so many cliches to avoid uh, that I was, it, it did slightly worry me. However, you know, every day is Christmas Eve, and I do think Bao is extraordinary, so I am going to try and trust in her judgment. Yeah. I'm just rereading Chris Evans' tweet, which is just like, and just to be clear, this isn't Buzz Lightyear the toy. This is the origin story of the human Buzz Lightyear that the toy is based on. Um, Chris, you've actually made it even more confusing. <laughs> hey. But, but hey, um, oh, Pixar are also doing it. a film called Luca, which is about a boy named Luca. So that's really enlightening. That that was really helpful. Did <laughs> the you see more than from that? It in looks ben? absolutely stunning. It looks like super vibrant, um, like just lovely saturated color. It's set in Italy on the Italian Riviera. It's two boys having a big crazy summer. Yeah, looks stunning from that Cute. initial footage. Are Pixar remaking Call Me By Your Name? Right, yeah, this is the thing, there like are that. sort of initial rumours they had, there's a Pixar short on Disney Plus which is the first like LGBTQ yeah, Pixar story. Yeah, it's really lovely. So there are sort of potential thoughts that this could be Pixar's first queer story, which would be really cool. Be Either way, awesome. it looks colourful and yeah, they've, they've only re- previously released like little bits of concept art, but they showed a tiny bit of footage that looked dazzling. I feel like we can't go past the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing a new movie for Disney animation called Encanto, which is set in Colombia. So that's exciting. It's in development. It's They haven't, at least that I know of, declared whether that's Disney Plus or big screen, but mm. they may be waiting to see how it turns out. And Moana is getting a series. Yeah. Yeah. Make way, make way. Indeed. Maybe you should be considering the coconut for six episodes. That and Doug Day is the up spin-off are going straight to the top <gasps> oh my of my gosh. watch list. Did yeah. anybody see the footage they showed from Doug Days? It was incredible. They um, unleashed a box full of puppies on Doug and he got overwhelmed and they're all playing together. I just and then they all, start, you. <laughs> they all start biting him. It's it's super funny. This they, showed, they showed a clip. Also a Baymax series. My baby mm. nephew is obsessed with Baymax and will be absolutely thrilled. Yes, it's Baymax as a health robot, and oh. each week he's helping a different person. Oh my so God. it's him travelling around San Francisco, helping a different person each week as the health robot. Procedural so Baymax. Here. This is an extraordinary amount of announcements. We haven't even mentioned the fact that there's an alien TV show. I know, Noah yes. Hawley's show. Yeah, which is coming to FX, run by Noah Hawley, as James mentioned, of Legion and Fargo, and it will be set on Earth. And even though... Everything inside me is screaming that this is a bad idea and they should space, not no one do can this. Hear you screaming, Chris. Well, on Earth, everyone can hear me scream, especially on a podcast. <laughs> but, you know, Noah Hawley is good people and has a largely very, very good track record. And hmm. yeah. apart from that 
movie he directed. But let's not talk about that. This could be good. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I, intrigued. Intrigued. Mm. There's still a part of me that's sad that Ridley Scott isn't doing his third Prometheus Covenanty thing. Like those films are batshit, but they're like well intentioned, and he was clearly aiming for a trilogy. It makes me a bit sad that that's not going to happen. But yeah. maybe mm. extra alien interest could help him make that happen. Who knows? There's all sorts of stuff we haven't we haven't even talked about the fact that in the Loki trailer, which is batshit insane as we've discussed, mm. you know, we get to see a Loki with short hair, which is which is cool. Mm. Uh, we get to see him talk about his brother and Heimdall. Yeah, uh, we see him being snatched away by Heimdall's rainbow bridge type thing at the end of the at the end of the trailer what the hell is going on there what timeline what earth is what world what universe is this set in well he escaped in 2012 so presumably that's the time frame so it does kind of open you know Asgard as a potential location and everything else but um I don't I don't care I'm super on board for it I didn't really need a trailer I was just like mm. Loki going around being crazy and doing stuff sold yeah, 100%. here for it I think he's going to be in Love and Thunder. I think he's going Sold to be back. here yeah. for it. Yeah. I think this is a way of getting them back into Love and Thunder and They're getting back into the MCU. For gore to butcher. That is literally his thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, he's not going to be killed again. No, we're not going to go there again. <laughs> also, maybe he sees himself and maybe that's why he says to Thor in Infinity War that we will walk in Greenfields again, brother. Have I just blown my own mind? <laughs> the sun will shine in us again, brother. Oh my on God. Disney Plus. <laughs> on Disney Plus. Exclusively on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's in the subtitles. I mean, it's implied. It's implied. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's tons of stuff. We haven't even mentioned the fact that in the Loki trailer, there is a shot of someone who looks like Natasha. And someone's mm-hmm. also speculating that could be Loki's female form as well. Uh, so there could be lots of, you know, jiggery pokery going on in Loki as well but you know I have long said Hell's Bells I have long Mm -hmm. said Natasha ain't dead she is coming back she is coming back and if it's anybody who can find a way around the Red Skull's skullduggery on Formir it's our good friend Loki of Asgard for sure anywho um, then there's loads of Disney Plus movies as well and you know there's a longer conversation to be had here that we don't have the time for Mm -hmm. on this podcast right now about films going directly to Disney Plus and bypassing cinemas and how I feel about that, which is, you know, as I said last week, it's great for people who can't get the cinema or find getting the cinema pain or have access problems or people who live 50 50 miles away from cinemas. But also I feel it's, you know, it's important for companies like Warner Brothers and Disney to try and keep cinemas open. And they are a little bit, you know, they are with the Marvel stuff by saying Black Widow is going to be in cinemas and Love Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, all these things Mm. are going to be heading to cinemas. But equally, they are throwing a whole lot of money at original content. Well, I say original because it's all remakes or sequels or stuff that's been inspired by previous things. But mostly, some yeah. big names are coming to the small mm. screen here on Disney+. Mm. Plus. So the new Robert Zemeckis, Tom Hanks movie, which ordinarily would have been a huge, huge noise, Pinocchio, is going to debut on Disney+. Plus. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I imagine I know how Robert Zemeckis feels about that, but I can't be 100% sure. I think with that one, it's maybe that it's like not massively commercial in the way that some of the other films are. Like we saw mm. that Dumbo didn't do huge business. Maybe there is not as much affection for certain properties in terms of people going out of their way to go to the cinema to see them. Whereas like Lion King 2 is definitely going to be on the big screen, but there is a huge audience for that who grew up on that film, who it's Mm. very relevant for. And I don't know if Pinocchio still has that relevance and resonance to get people in the cinema. 
But something like Ray and the Last Dragon following the Mulan model of, of the Disney Plus premiere access uh, mm-hmm. release, as well as being in cinemas where they're available, you know, that's kind of disappointing. I think we're, it feels really unfortunate that we were just reaching this tipping point in terms of wider representation, you know, women, people of color, all sorts of different kind of cultural moments coming together in the films that were due for release this year and next. And those are the films that are being hit so hard by COVID. So, you know, what is, it's really disappointing that something like Ryan the Last Dragon is is caught up in that and is is affected by that in the same way that Mulan was, in the same way that Wonder Woman was and so on. But at least we're seeing an ongoing commitment from these studios to wider representation, to new kinds of characters, to people not who are not white men called Chris, much as I love white men hey. called Chris. I love white men called Chris, maybe not you, but many of them. And uh, <laughs> come on. You know, so I think I think it's it's really heartening, and, and I'm taking hope from all these announcements of things like Ironheart and the, our first look at Ms. Marvel and so on. That you know that's not a moment in time that's been thrown away forever. That women are not being blamed for the failure of the films this year at the box office. You know, um, that's that's encouraging. The other Disney Plus movies are in the works are Sister Act three. With Whoopi Goldberg. Joyful, Whoop. joyful. <laughs> and Enchanted 2 is yes. happening. And it's yes. called Disenchanted. And when I said there are some heavy hitters going straight to Disney+, Plus, this is one of them. Mm. Yeah, I'm hyped about this. Finally, it's happening. It's been talked about for ages. I'm glad, if anything, I'm glad that Disney Plus is an avenue for this to happen. Mm. Like, maybe it opens up possibilities for things that they're not as certain will make tons of money, mm. but they know will be a draw for people for online content. Yeah. Be honest, Ben, when you heard this, did you go, ah, ah, <laughs> yeah, and then all these like animals and birds and things came around. It was it was ace. Yeah, there's a three men and the baby reboot with Zac Efron. Hocus Pocus two is happening. Gabrielle Union's going to star in a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen. David Lowry's new film Peter Pan and Wendy, which is a mm. live action version of You'll Never Guess What, is also <laughs> going to go straight to streaming. Uh, it had been rumored for ages that Cruella, the Emma Stone starring uh, live action version of um, well prequel to One Hundred and One mm. Dalmatians. Uh, was going to be on Disney Plus, but it seems to be going straight to cinemas, which is good. John Cruz, yeah. Cruella, The Little Mermaid, and The Lion King prequel, directed by Barry Jenkins, um, are all Ooh. going to be in cinemas. So that's exciting. One last thing on the Disney front, I'm really excited that Tiana from Princess and the Frog yeah. is getting a series. Like That film's really underrated. Um, mm-hmm. It was the last gasp of the initial Disney 2D era of like finally having a black princess, and they haven't really done a huge amount with her since. So I think it'll be exciting that they're sort of bringing this character back. I just want to see her wandering around New Orleans eating beignet. Superhero yes. for Yes. Listen, there's... We could talk about this stuff for two hours <laughs> yeah. and still not even scratch the surface. Uh, but it is, um, if I can beg your understanding, it is Friday night. So I could let these people go and enjoy their Friday night. Uh, and I'm sure we'll discuss this as more stuff comes to light about this in future. Uh, I don't think all the news was good. As I say, the, the Fox Searchlight news or the Searchlight pictures and the 20th Century Studios news. I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, but for the most part, what we saw and what we heard was very, very exciting indeed. So, yeah, fingers crossed and we'll keep an eye on the situation and see what develops. But that is it, I think, for this impromptu Disney investor call. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, nothing says wow. romance of cinema like those uh, words, right? The Disney investor call discussion special, dear God in heaven. Should we just call it the Disney slate? 
Disney and, Slate yeah, at least announcement. That sounds yes. a little bit better, yeah. right? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So that's it for the Disney Slate discussion special. Join us next time, I guess. Well, we'll be doing this. We'll be doing this next year. Every year, there might be a Sony investor call discussion special, a Warner Brothers investor call discussion special. Wherever there are investor calls, you can bet the Team Empire will be there twenty four hours after the fact to talk about it. Uh, but until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, until next time, it is goodbye from. <laughs> you haven't changed your name, have you? From I Star Wars. My name. <laughs> <laughs> it is goodbye from Ben Travis. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ben. It's goodbye from James Dyer. Goodbye. It's goodbye from... What's F4X3, Helen? It's the third time around for Fantastic Four. I don't know. I was oh, like I was okay. trying to think fast and it didn't work. So, hey. No, it was good. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's goodbye from Helen O'Hara. And it is goodbye from me in Fest R Call. Uh, I'm off to do a whole bunch of things. I'm off to go through that Loki trailer frame by frame because mm. I suspect there is a lot of treasures to be found in that in, in that trailer. I'm off to just say the word quantum mania over and over and over again. But most of all, I'm off to call my broker invest in Disney. <laughs> buy, buy, buy. I have £20. How much will that get me? £20 worth, presumably. <laughs> Is that even a share? Do I even get a no. share for that? I, mean, I don't think so. You'll get a subscription to Disney Plus for like a couple of months. That, that might do it. <laughs> I'll take it. Sold. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>